0: Matt Stepp, who's your favorite Bishop Sycamore alumnus? Greg Tepper. Tepp and Stepp, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your brothers. At Dave Campbell's Texas football and texasfootball.com. I am the TEP, Greg Tepper.
1: And I'm your favorite app developer. This <laughs> oh my God. Step. You know, I wasn't going to bring it
0: up, but I guess we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, the classic football Friday app is back. Um, you can update it now. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna run it back. We, yeah. we heard you. We got your emails.
1: We did all of them,
0: all of them, and i mentioned this on all TFT. The I'm a pretty accomplished swearer. I'm a pretty accomplished curse word user, and even I learned some this week. Y'all, uh, yeah. y'all were fired up about that app, and and look, I, I, I just keep saying the same thing over and over. So you just have to hear me say it again. Um, nobody was more frustrated than us, like. As frustrated as you may have been, you the listener, you the the app user, trust me when I say that we were even more frustrated. Yeah, so. we,
1: a lot of time, a lot of people put a lot of time into it, a lot of effort, and and then it didn't work yeah. out, and so we were upset. And I mean, it was, it was not fun. It was not a fun yeah. weekend.
0: No, it wasn't. But uh, but shout out to um, the uh, the folks behind the scenes, especially guys like Jerry Forrest uh, and Will Wilkerson. Who were integral in getting the uh, the app back on, uh, back up and running, um, the 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 classic Football Friday app. It's back. We've we've learned our lesson. We're sorry. We hope you'll forgive us. I, I, it seems like social media has calmed down and that they've accepted our apology.
1: I think so for the most part. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there'll be some. There's always a few idiots out there, but I think for yeah, the most fine. part, people seem to have, uh,
0: yeah, okay. Yes. Anyway, uh, this is your week two preview edition of Tep and Step, your premium high school football podcast. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Coming up in a moment, we're going to have our week two draft and we'll take a look back at some headlines from week one. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. And this one's easy. Matt Step. Who's, which UIL 11 man team scored the most points in week one? Mm. Was it Houston Chavez? It was not. Houston Chavez was fourth. They scored 70 points. There were three okay. teams that scored more than them.
1: Oh, man. Okay, I'm. I'm drawing blanks now. I know a Canadian scored like sixty-eight or sixty-nine. They scored. Nice. They
0: scored. They scored sixty-nine. They were one of four teams that scored sixty-nine points. Number three, nice Lindsay. Game. Lindsay scored seventy-one. Cold shuckers experience. Number, it kind of in that same. I don't know. How to say that. Uh, number two, Bowie scored seventy-two. But they all pale in comparison to the highest scoring UIL eleven-man Texas high school football team, the Pirates of Rockport Fulton. Who hung seventy six on Aransas Pass in their opener? Big night
1: for the Pirates.
0: Yes, big night for the Pirates. And so there you are, your Texas football fun fact of the week. Congratulations to Rockport Fulton. Enjoy it. You are the state's leading scoring team in the state right, right now. Um, all right, Matthew. Let's take a look back on week uh, number one. Um, and I don't know. I thought it was good, and I think football's good, and that's my overall takeaway.
1: Hot take there. Yeah. yeah. I'll say this. I think on an overarching view, it did not – we didn't have a lot of this crazy week one results that we normally – there were a couple, but just not it, – it, it was a very chalky week one, I felt like. hmm Not a lot that just stunned me. I mean, I guess Lamar consolidating beating Foster was pretty shocking. And I think maybe Colleen Ellison's win over over uh, Liberty Hill was pretty surprising. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: other than that, I mean, like even even Judson beating DeSoto I mean you know Judson, Judson we did I mean we didn't we thought DeSoto was a heavy favorite, but Judson was a top twenty five team and they were at home and DeSoto had a five hour road trip, so I mean still nice win for Judson. Don't get me wrong, but I mean I wasn't it wasn't if that's the most shocking result of the weekend or one of the top five most shocking results, it was a pretty chalky week.
0: Yeah. And and that's kind of, I, I would say that that's probably true. Um, and like, you know, what, when, what I think we're talking about there is like, that's not to say that there weren't upsets, that there were certainly things that caught our eye. But I would say that at the very, very top, as far as contenders are concerned, I don't know that there were any that necessarily blew us away. I think there were some teams that certainly we thought could be good and ended up looking really, really good. I look at what Denton Ryan did to Longview, and I'm like, oh, okay, I, <laughs> I see you.
1: I witnessed that with my own two eyes, two uh, eyes, and that um, was pretty.
0: Uh, I would, I would say one of the more, ball. I would say one of the more underrated results that maybe people aren't paying attention to, but could have huge ramifications going forward. Uh, Do you see what Katie Cinco Ranch did? I'm
1: telling you, I've been telling everyone, watch out for Cinco Ranch. I think they're going to get into the playoffs and push Katie Division One, and that was a pretty good start from the Cougars
0: uh they were they were impressive i thought that uh you know as far as like upsets are concerned like i said there just weren't all these like major upsets i would say this and we're gonna we're gonna spoiler alert, we're gonna have a story up on texasfootball.com about this from uh, our intern josh price uh but uh but lumberton scheduling a game at the last minute and then beating columbus is
1: uh that's impressive uh, it's really nice certainly. win for the Raiders and James Ray his first game as a head coach. Really nice win for them.
0: But yeah, but I, I just I just I don't, I don't know if there were these huge like you know massive upsets. I don't I, I didn't necessarily see as uh, as you know it, it was pretty chalky at least at the top. Now now and that's one of the things I tried to stress is like if you look at our five A Division one rankings, like there was a lot of churn because there were five teams that lost in the top ten. But at the same time, or I shouldn't say churn. But at the same time, if you take a look at, like, who they lost to, like, uh, okay, Highland Park, they lose to South Lake Carroll. Well, that's a top three 6A team, right? Longview yeah. mm-hmm. loses to Denton Ryan. Well, that was a number one team in 5A Division One, right? The ones mm-hmm. that actually, I would say, probably caught my eye the most would be, like, for example, I'm a little worried about Corpus Christi vets. Uh, they had yeah, to come back and beat Alice, Alice
1: mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so yeah, those, yeah, Miller this week.
0: Yeah, and so they better figure it out in a hurry, um, you know. But it's also week one, and I also think that 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 I'm willing to give teams a, a little bit of a pass on that one. So you know, look, there, there, I I just don't think you had this necessarily chaos, and I would say maybe that has to do with having a full off season. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. I yeah. think uh, a lot. You know, it was week one, and there was a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers, but I don't think it was a, to the extent that we typically see. Yeah, um, I, I thought think it was so. a good good quality brand of football at the games. Even though my four games, three of them were, were blowouts, you could tell mm-hmm. the teams were a lot further along week one than they were last year week one. Yeah,
0: most certainly. All right, Matthew, let's get into it. Let's get into our week to draft if this is your first episode of Tep and Step welcome we do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider here's what you need to know about this nonsense we go back and forth picking the games that we are most interested in uh, across the state of Texas Uh, once a game is picked it is um, once a game is picked it is off the board uh, and then we will round it all out we go five rounds and and uh, at the end of the day we will have our hipster game of the week which is what everybody comes here for they come here for the hipster game we might as well fast forward Um, but, uh, we had a coin flip before the, before the show. I won the coin flip. Ha 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 ha. And so I get to do the first pick, pick one, one of this week's draft. And I, excuse me, I am going to Austin, Matthew, 730 PM Friday night at Chaparral Stadium. As the number one team in the land, the Austin Westlake Chaparral's welcome in the Ulesson Trinity Trojans, and Matt, if you like two teams that are going to punch each other in the face over and over again, do I have a game for you? Um, This game- two,
1: Two of the best offensive lines in the state of Texas going at it. I think these teams up, up front are unbelievable.
0: And I would even say, well, and especially like for me, it's going to be very interesting because for me, I, I look at the the, the main event, the, the, the main course for me in this one is the Westlake offensive line against the Trinity defensive line. OK, you have I mean, we've made the we've made the point that we think Westlake might, in fact, have the best offensive line in the state. Mm-hmm. um Connor Robertson Bray Lynch at the tackle spots Jack Griffin in the middle I mean this offensive line is legit and they're and they going up
1: moved in they had a kid uh, a four or five star kid uh, move in from Orlando uh mm-hmm. late in the off season, who's I think been integrated in, into their offensive line as well He's, yeah it's really good and, offensive line
0: and the front seven for Trinity is I mean they're huge and they're fantastic. I mean, Nye Mose, their they're linebacker, and then Olaf Fakela Tonga, I practiced it, um, their big defensive linemen. I mean, they and, and when you think about what Trinity does well, they are really, really good up front. But the other side of the ball is really interesting as well because the Trinity offensive line is massive. They are huge. They are people movers. Going up against a Westlake defensive line that is – Uh, Still young, like they're still figuring things out, but uh, of course, they're very well coached. And uh, but the, the one thing about them, though, and I mean this in a nice way, Westlake's never they're not huge. Like they are. They've got a bunch of guys who all look like outside linebackers who line up and go get you. But they're not huge. So from a size perspective, it may look like a mismatch, but they're just so technically sound and so well-coached and so strong that they can match up well. And we're, we're, for all that talk, we should also talk about the skill position guys in this one. You know, Euless Trinity looked to the part in their week one week one win. Um, they've they've <laughs> If you didn't know, they've moved Ollie Gordon, their star running back to quarterback, so that he can basically more or less just run zone read with Gary
1: Maddox It's a good strategy. It's a good strategy. And I want to say he threw a touchdown pass last week. Um, He did. He played quarterback up until junior high, I think. So he's somewhat comfortable throwing the football. It's not that foreign to him.
0: Yeah. And so having those two back there is – I mean, that's having two – Outstanding runners back there. And the fact that he can throw a little bit is also very, very good as well. Going up against, look, Kate Klubnick, Jaden Greathouse, a fantastic attack there. I was actually really impressed with the way that uh Westlake ran the ball last week uh with uh uh what's his name? huerta or or something. Let me make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. His name was Hunter Henault, the running back. Mm-hmm. He had, I want to say I had like 150. Now, this is a bigger test than what they faced last week, but it's, uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting. I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. I lean towards Westlake uh, being at home, and I think that, you know, especially like their offense, this is going to be a big test for this Westlake de- or for this uh, Trinity defense, but I also think that Trinity... I mean, this is one of those few teams that may be able to out-muscle Westlake, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm, is not mm-hmm. used to be as as smallish as sometimes they can be. They don't get out-muscled. This is one of those teams that can out-muscle them, and that's what's going to make this so much fun on Friday night.
1: The key for Trinity to pull the upset is they're going to have to get pressure on Club Knit, because I don't think they're secondary. Traditionally, Trinity has struggled against teams with real high-powered passing attacks, and... Obviously, when you have a guy like K. Clubnick back there running the offense. Westlake's going to be able to move the ball through the air. They can't let Clubnick sit back there and, and pick their secondary apart. That'll be the key. If Trinity, Trinity is going to have to get pressure on Clubnick to, to slow them down. Because if not, I think I think it's going to be a long night for the defense.
0: Uh, I, um, I think I think that you're right. Yeah. So there it is. That is my first pick. I'm going to take Westlake and Trinity as my first pick. What is? And by the way, I guess we didn't mention it off the top. It's a killer week of games. It is. It's
1: great. Week. Awesome. There'll be some um, good games that we don't we don't mention. It's, yes. it's a deep week in big and small schools. Yes, um, exactly.
0: What was your, what was I'm your first go thing? to the
1: small school ranks for a top ten 4 A D2 matchup as the Cuero Gobblers mm. visit the Wimberley Texans in a really interesting game because I I, I, I think Cuero is back and they, they got back into the top ten rankings this week. They they were totally dominant in their first two scrimmages and they come out in week one. And just demolish Lavernia. And Lavernia is not what they have been in the past. But it's still a solid team. And Jack Alvarez's squad, 62-7 to over Lavernia, pretty dang impressive considering that Cuero's been really good um, so far early early in the season in their two scrimmages and then with the big opening win. Um, and a lot of balance. I mean, you know, Jack Alvarez has gotten known as a coach who likes to run the football. But Cuero's quarterback threw for 259 and three touchdowns last week. That's, mm-hmm. And then and they had 150 yard rusher. It was a balanced, balanced performance from the gobblers and their defense has been really good. Um, I, I, you know, I think Cuero is, 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 you know, after Jordan Whittington graduated, they had a couple of years there that, that were there. They've been a little bit down. I, I think we're seeing a Cuero team that, that that's, that's beginning to, to come back to, to the elite in region four. And this is a great measuring stick for them going up against the, the back-to-back regional champions in the, in the Wimberley Texans. Um, Wimberley, we, we feel like is one of the favorites in Region Four once again, and, and you know they didn't do anything to to dissuade us of that last week. They they were dominant. You know their defense put on a show in a twenty to three win over a good Division One opponent in Canyon Lake. Um, I thought sophomore quarterback Cash McCollum had a good good debut in his first varsity start, and um, you know Wimberley, you know they've got Moses Ray back there at running back. You know they're going to have good good receivers who can make plays in the passing game real strong test for cuero on the road here and I'm really interested to see how this game uh, shapes up I like Wimberley I think Wimberley's gonna win the game but I think cueros gonna make a good accounting of themselves and, and kind of cement themselves as a team that we need to keep an eye on throughout the season
0: you you might have mentioned it but you know a second year in Jack Alvarez you know what I mean like I I, I don't I don't um I don't think that last year was uh, indicative of what to expect from Jack Alvarez, Coach Quero. I think that last year was just a weird year and, and they didn't have the guys and, 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 you know, and a change and everything. A team that was probably hurt very hard by the fact that you didn't have an offseason because Jack Alvarez has, he has a way of doing his programs that he wants, mm-hmm. to, he wants to install and it just wasn't. So I do think you're right. I think they're on their way back. This is a, um, you know, one of the things that I think is going to be interesting. This is a young front for Quero. And Wimberley is always extremely sound up front, not necessarily always elite, but very sound up front. So yeah. that's where this is a really good measuring stick for these young guys. Cause if Quero's getting after it, if Quero's putting pressure on cash column, which is probably a good idea since he's a sophomore, um, if they're, if they're getting the backfield and stuff like that, that could really, that could really bode well for them down the road. If these guys are growing up in a hurry. So I think that that's, I think that's a huge, huge test for them is how, where this is going to be a nice, nice way of, of seeing where they are from a, from an offensive and defensive line perspective. Um, against a team that, that normally you just count on as being a good challenge up
1: front. I agree. I agree 100% what you're saying there. I, I, I'm just really interested to see if Cuero if is back-back or yeah. if maybe we need to pump the brakes just a little bit. I, I, I think they're back-back, but we're, we're going to know for sure this week, I think.
0: It's a good pick, Cuero and Wimberley, your first pick. My second pick, Matthew, I am going to go west i am going to go to beautiful noland stadium in new deal texas as oh, wow. okay. yeah as the new deal lions welcome in the wellington skyrockets and this is a little off the board and i probably could have had this later but I, I'm, I'm excited about it and i'll tell you why um i think new deal might be legit man Dude, I, I think
1: so. I, think, I think, that, think they are.
0: That was that's a pretty good. I know it's hard to get a, a read on on like private school teams, and especially in week one. But that's a decent Lubbock Trinity Christian team, and they took them to the woodshed in week one. I mean,
1: and staying in that district, you see, you see what happened with Post. Yes,
0: exactly. I, I mean, think
1: we we kind of thought Post was going to struggle this year. Oh yeah. Oh boy, it looked it yeah. looked bad. And by the way, by the way, I hate to be like, I'll,
0: I'll go on this one. I think Forsan's gonna be post this week. Like, I think they might. They might. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's there's some there's some trouble there. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're talking about New Deal. Because New Deal, I think New Deal, if they go out and they win this game, I think they can establish themselves as the clear favorite in that district. And mm-hmm. I mean, then you start talking big picture type stuff. Um, I love their balance offensively. Larry Eaton, their running back, and Harley Patterson both back. I think they bring back 18 starters from last year's team on a pretty good team. Right, um, yes, they looked yeah. really good. Now, let's talk about Wellington because Wellington is a perfect example of not having any idea what to make of a Week One game. Because Wellington went on the road to Duncan, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and they lost a close game. I want to say like 28-17 or something like that. It was it, they, a they kept it, yeah, it was a touchdown game. It, they kept it competitive. So they are 0 and 1, but I I had to look this up. Do you know how many? So, so Wellington's enrollment is 144. Do you know what Duncan's enrollment is?
1: It's over 800. I mean, Duncan is basically. I've driven through there before. It's like a 4A town.
0: 947.
1: Yeah, it's a big, good-sized school. It'd be a 4A one.
0: Do you know who else has 947 kids? Paris. OK, yeah. and like put Wellington up against Paris as good as Wellington is. Paris is going to smash them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a knock on Wellington. It's just a numbers game at that point. Um, and so I don't also, know. Mark, Mark,
1: Mark Ramirez didn't play. And Mark. Oh, I did not know that. See, that's yeah, that's he's, that's new. he's dealing with an ankle. Nothing serious. And he just held him out precautionary. But yeah, Mark, Mark Ramirez didn't play.
0: Yeah, I would expect him if he plays this week. He's obviously huge because he is, of course, the state's leading returning rusher. And he, he ate last time against New Deal. He had 136 yards and a touchdown against New Deal last year. And he had 15 tackles defensively. He's the real heartbeat of that team. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be a huge test, I think, for the for the Wellington defense, who, you know, last week they were pretty good against against Duncan, although it's hard to, to really get a read on it. And a big test for this New Deal offense, which again looked really good, but how much does that you know that matter? I think this is a really interesting. I think this is like a reset game. Like we can reset the expectations for both of these teams coming out of this. That if Wellington wins, it's like, all right, they're right back on track. That was a weird first week and stuff like that. If New Deal wins. And, and especially if they win like handily, like, dude, let's start talking big picture about the Lions, because I think this team could have the juice.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a team that, that, I mean, they are ranked 7th in 2 This is a state-ranked matchup, you know, number 7 in yeah. 281 versus number 3 in 282. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at New Deal, and, I, you know, you, you got to think them along with Cisco are probably the two teams to beat right now mm-hmm. in Region 1. So I guess it's a great great measuring stick game. for And I, we'll get a better um, – we'll be able to calibrate Wellington a little bit better against the Texas school this week, especially in their weight class.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. So there it is. That is my second pick. What is your second pick, Matthew?
1: I'm going to stay out west, and I'm going to go to Grande Communications Stadium mm-hmm. in Midland as the Amarillo-Tascosa Rebels at 1-0 take on the Midland Legacy Rebels, also at 1-0. And I feel like this is the premier big school matchup in West Texas this week. You've got um, the Tascosa option offense going up against that Midland Legacy high flying offense that 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 just can do a little bit of everything. And I think these are two of the best teams. These might be the two best teams in West Texas, regardless of classification, this year. Um, you know, I think Tascosa is a real threat in Region One, 5A Division One. And I'll tell you what, that was a an impressive win over Abilene High like that's a good Abilene High team and Tascosa was up 26 nothing in the second quarter on Abilene High before kind of you know taking their foot off the gas a little bit um, their quarterback BT Daniel had a couple touchdown runs major Everhart had a touchdown run they, they had a defensive touchdown and you know for the most part their offense their defense really did a number on a good Abilene High offense I wasn't as very impressive performance from Tascosa to open the season and Middle um, the legacy I mean, they threw up nearly 600 yards of offense on, on a good Amarillo High team and a dominant 37-7 to 7 win on the road last week. Uh, technically, it was a neutral site game, but uh, it was at West Texas A&M. West Texas A&M is about 15 minutes from Amarillo High, so whereas Mid- Midland Legacy had about a four-hour drive. Yeah. So definite road game for Midland Legacy there. But uh, our guy, McCalin Young, uh, a.k.a. Quadzilla, uh, 247 <laughs> yards rushing and four touchdowns. Uh, wide receiver Chris Brazzle, the uh, – uh, Florida international commit had you know eight catches for 93 yards and their, their young quarterback Marcos Davila had a good game uh, and as a sophomore in his first start just a, a complete performance from legacy and their defense played well they held Amarillo to under 200 yards of offense in that game um, so that's 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 impressive but th- this is a different challenge this week because legacy legacy has shown the ability to defend spread teams in the past where they've struggled is against teams who line up and run the ball right at them i.e. Odessa in the last couple of years Last year, the playoffs against Eulis Trinity, even though Trinity hurt them with the pass, because Legacy was having to dedicate so much to the run, their secondary was left vulnerable in that game. So um, Tascosa is going to present a challenge because they are a run-oriented team. They're going to they're going to do, do what they do, and it's going to be an interesting matchup to see if Legacy's defense can rise up to that challenge and slow down this option offense from Tascosa. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, I think it's going to be a real good measuring stick game for both of these teams. I like Legacy at home, uh, but, you know, Tascosa's offense is built for West Texas. They they don't need to throw the ball. The wind's not going to affect them by any means. So um, I think this is a, a winnable game for Tascosa on the road, but I'm going to give Legacy the edge with the home field. I, I think their defense is a little bit better this year, and I think they'll be a little bit better equipped to slow down that option offense from Tascosa.
0: You know, this is one of those games that – From a schematic perspective, you would look at and you'd be like, oh, this will probably end up being like 24 to 21, like a low scoring. You know, these two teams are going to run the ball. They're going to eat clock. These are explosive teams. Like as far as run, as far as like, I mean, I wouldn't even call legacy run heavy, but like, you know, they run the ball fairly. You know, they're probably 60, 40 run Um, like that is this. This game has a chance to be extremely explosive. Just because of the the style that these two teams run the ball with, they they run, they they don't they're not three yards in a cloud of dust teams. Like these are six, seven, eight yard chunk running rushing attacks. So I think that if you are if you're thinking that this is going to be some sort of low scoring slugfest, I just don't see. I think I think you're right. I think this is going to be a bit high scoring affair that could get into the 30s or maybe even the 40s, just because of the the explosive uh, characters on display here. So it's an excellent pick there, Legacy and Tascosa. My third pick, Matthew, I think I'm going to come to the DFW area, but there's three I could choose. That's the, that's the, it's a, it's a, we have not, is that right? I mean, Trinity, but they're on the road. We have not picked a DFW game yet, even though it is Mm -hmm. a monster weekend in DFW. Bang and week in the Metroplex too. (sighs) I know. I'm going to go uh, I might as well just do it. I'm going to go 7:30 p.m. Friday night at Allen Eagle Stadium as the Streaks on the line, all the Streaks are on the line mm-hmm. as the Allen Eagles welcome in the Umbattask City Eagles. And well look, I mean let's start with this. Allen goes out there and I don't know if you saw, but I think in the first quarter Maybe in the, even the second quarter it was like twenty one twenty one with Pesh with Plano East. It, yeah, uh, there, it was
1: twenty one. It was twenty one twenty or something like that. It was yeah. It, it was, was tight,
0: and mm. I I'm sitting there at the Valley Sports Southwest desk watching that, and I'm like, huh? what's going on here? And I think it's fair to say, first of all, I don't I don't think Plano East is bad. I think they're a I think they're a fair team this year. Um, I don't think that there's some they are
1: weird statement, but they were probably the best winless team in the state of Texas last year. <laughs> yeah, I think they're better.
0: Let's put it that way. They're better in this year. If,
1: if they were in a lot of other districts last year, they probably would have gone like four and six or something. They, they, yeah. they, they would have they were just they, they were unfortunate luck, really.
0: Yeah. Uh but Allen came back, they 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 hit the Jets. They got a great game from Jalen Jenkins, and then the new quarterback Mike Hawkins was pretty solid and stuff like that. And Chad Morris gets win number one, they get eight. 84 straight regular season wins. They get uh, their umpteenth consecutive home win. They still haven't lost at Allen Eagle Stadium. Yada, yada, yada. Allen does what Allen do. <clears throat> this year's uh, this year's uh, annual, we're scheduling this game to come up there and hand Allen their first loss at Allen Eagle Stadium is Craig Stump's Atascida Eagles. And they came up here last year, right? Is
1: that correct? Yeah, yeah, back to back year, yeah. Back to
0: back years, they they want They 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 come up here for the express purpose. Let's be real about why this game is scheduled. Yes, of course they want a good non district challenge, etc. They want to be the ones. They want to be the ones to beat Allen at home at their stadium. It's mm-hmm. happened every year since the, since the stadium is open that that they have had one big time challenger at home, and mm-hmm. this year it's a Tascasita, and once this again. It, once again. And yeah. this Atascasita team, dude, is loaded yeah, with a so capital sure. L.
1: So it's a really good Atascasita team that we think has a chance to make a lot of noise in Houston this year.
0: Uh, all eyes are obviously on the big offensive lineman, Cam Dewberry. I mean, this is one of the rare teams that I think can match up with Allen up front, which is always priority one whenever you're playing them. Uh, Gavin Session, their quarterback is strong. Their wide receiver Keith Wheeler, is strong. Uh, the question in this one is going to be whose defense steps up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ataski looked great last week uh, in their season opening win defensively. Can they do that again against? Let's be honest, a better offense. Um, can More Allen lost offense for sure? Most certainly. Can yeah. Allen uh, find some defensive stops early and play from ahead and 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 you know keep them at arm's length because i think that's you know it's early i don't want to make too big of, of projections here but i do think that right now the offense looks ahead of the defense there for Allen. and if they're gonna have to outscore people they need to start playing from ahead um and so i yeah. think this game is fascinating i ain't picking against the streak no, um
1: but you gotta absolutely. wonder alan ha- i don't know how many close games Allen has had to play at home during this streak what happens if a task is typically Allen blitzes teams at home early and doesn't really have any trouble in the second half. What happens is we're, you know, we're going into the fourth quarter and it's a tie ball game or yeah. a one score game. Does, does Allen get a little lemon booty? Right. I mean, does that happen because Allen has not had this happen at home very rarely during a streak. I think if you're a task is that's the cause last year when they came that we thought last year that they had a chance to maybe Push Allen a little bit. Allen blitzed him early on in the game, and it wasn't a contest from from there on out. If you ask Taskacita, you got to you got to come out in the first twelve minutes, especially, and not let Allen get the jump on you and take a fourteen to twenty one point lead in the second. I mean, you got you can't have that happen. You got to be you got to start on on the lead foot in this game.
0: I entirely agree. And you, uh, to to your point about how long have they, how many times have they had those those close contests? Remember last week last year against Prosper. Remember last year against Prosper, Prosper had a lead into the final minute. Allen scored with 10 seconds left, something like that, and ended up winning, um, 35 31 or something, you know. And so therein lies the question, right? Therein lies the the, the question is is what happened. And and let's be real, this Atasca team is better than that Prosper team. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah. so if if they get down, can they close it out? And and look, it is it's gonna be it's a huge game. And it's a huge game from a Allen perspective. It's a huge game from an Atascasita perspective. It's a huge game in the annals of the DFW versus Houston thing. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, make no mistake, if Atascoseda comes home with the scalp, Houston, it is gonna be H Town Takeover. It'll be oh, H yeah. it's gonna be H time, hold it Dine all yeah. weekend on Twitter. Mm-hmm because this this is the scalp to get
1: oh yeah this is the one yeah this is the DFW head you want to have this, yeah. is, this is the one for sure so I guess to be a fun game and I believe you can catch that game on Texan live
0: I think that's right
1: so uh
0: there you go my third pick is Alan and Tuscito what is your third pick Matthew
1: you know I guess I'll stay in the Metroplex you know and <laughs> you yeah <know. laughs> why not? And take Denton Guyer and Denton Ryan. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, it's just a couple of teams that are just how, trying to struggle to get some, just to struggle to get a little attention. You know, How did just, this
0: game make it to the sixth pick? I mean,
1: <laughs> I'll gladly take it. Um, I think this is a fascinating matchup, not just because of the rivalry mat- matchup, because make no mistake about it. A little animosity between these two schools. They're, they're Denton ISD teams, but there's, there's a little chippiness here in this rivalry. Um, no doubt about it. And, and, um, that chippiness may have gone down just a little bit when John Walsh went down to San Marcos, but make no mistake about it. Geyer wants to beat Ryan, and Ryan wants to beat Geyer. And, and Geyer has been hearing about it for a year from Denton Ryan, that they beat him and won the state championship last year. Mm-hmm. And they want they want to be the one to, ones to end Denton Ryan's winning streak. And I'll tell you what, both teams were really impressive in their opener. Um, you start with Geyer, um, just a, a dismantling of Hebron, 46-17 to 17 last week. Um Geyer's defense is legit this year. They held Hebron to 12 yards of offense in the first half, four Hebron turnovers, and Geyer runs out to a 28 0 lead. And, you know, they didn't need Jackson Arnold to do very much because they were up 28 0 in the second quarter. Um, but Jackson Arnold was solid. He runs for 58 yards and a touchdown, throws for 167 yards and a touchdown. Just a very efficient performance from the Denton Geyer Wildcats. And, I, you know, like I said, Rodney Webb, he's coached some really good teams. He's never coached a team with a defense like he has at Geyer. Geyer's defense is for real. And they're going up against an, uh, uh, an offense in Denton Ryan that, that, you know, I think rumors of their demise are a little bit exaggerated right now because they came out and that second quarter blitz against Longview was, was something to behold. And Caleb Hicks, uh, junior running back, 139 yards and three touchdowns, and then when they want to just when they want to get real weird with it, they put five-star linebacker Anthony Hill there at running back and and he just runs he just truck sticks people, you know, back there. You know, he's he's a quote unquote change of pace back for Denton Ryan, but they, <laughs> the change of pace is, hey, let's let's bring in this five-star linebacker who's just going to destroy everyone who touches him. Um, I thought their quarterback Kalen Davis was solid in his debut. They didn't ask him to do too much in his first varsity start, but the biggest thing was he didn't make a lot of mistakes. And I thought Denton Ryan's defensive line was really good. You know, we, we wondered how good they were going to be when, when with Bear Alexander transferring to Fort Worth Brewer. Uh, but their defensive line looked really good. They harassed Longview's quarterbacks all night. They didn't allow Longview to run the football. And and they really capitalized on the mistakes that Longview made. And, and they forced turnovers. And that was, uh, and then they made, they made plays on special teams. They had a block punt for a touchdown as well. So really complete performance from Denton Ryan in the win. Um this was this was one of you know, Denton Ryan last year only got pushed twice. Geyer mm-hmm. in the regular season at Mansfield Summit in the in the semifinals. Um I think Geyer's better than last year. I'm not sure if Ryan's better than last year. Ryan's really good, but I'm not sure they're what they were last year. That's that's a n
0: that's an that's almost that's almost an impossible bar. Like you yes, can't it, hold it them really to is. that standard.
1: Yeah. So that's why I'm I'm gonna take Denton Geyer in a really close match, close game. Hmm. Uh, but I, I think that's the, I think that's the difference. I think I think Geyer's a little bit better than they were last year, and I just don't think Ryan's as good as they were last year. And this was a I think a one t- one score game last year. Yeah. So um, there you have it. Yeah. I, I think I think Guyer ends the winning streak this week. Sorry, newspaper Steve.
0: Yeah, I'm on the other side of that. I, I'm I'm going with Ryan. Um, I think that their defense really impressed me going up against and they've already faced an explosive offense. Now, admittedly, Longview. I think and you were there, Longview farted around a bit like i long didn't help themselves too much defensively no, or they offensively
1: made, they, on any side Longview was not good on in any any of the three phases of the game no and but a lot of that was a lot of that had to do with dent and ryan but Longview certainly didn't help themselves
0: yeah um but i think this is a really really it's an interesting game from a headspace perspective which um, you know, we've talked a lot about Ryan with like the Highland Parks of the World. It's like, but this is a team that they've, you know. And and I think it's it's important to remember that these two teams have not been playing consistently. Like no. I uh, in fact, I I tweeted out something about like what the computer said were the best games of the week and stuff like that. And and Ben Baby, formerly the Denton Record Chronicle, wrote back, and now he's with ESPN, and he was like, wait, didn't Ryan, didn't Geier play? I'm like, yeah, dude, things yeah. have changed since mm-hmm. you were here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. so this is still like a budding rivalry, but there's some, there's some animosity here. And I think it's sure. going to be fun to see. And a lot of this comes down to, you know, to to headspace and early in the year. And, you know, I think that this Geier team is, you know, I, th- I think they, they might have the juice, man, especially if Jackson Arnold is as good as advertised. I think they might have the juice but I, I I'm going to go with Ryan for now, but I reserve the right to change my mind in 15 seconds. Okay.
1: Fair, it's
0: fair. Oh man. Now we're getting in a tough time because there, I know what I want to take with my fifth pick. Cause I know you're not going to take it.
1: Um, strategy coming in now.
0: I guess it's there. I hate to be DFW area guy again, but it is such a great week in DFW. Let's go Thursday night. I believe at the star.
1: Um, star. at the start. Frisco. I think it is. I think it is at the start.
0: As the Frisco Lone Star Rangers take on the Alito Bearcats. And um the computer says it's the game of the week. And the computer, of spoiler alert for all you're, you're a subscriber. You're gonna know this eventually. Computer's got it as a pick'em uh between Alito and Frisco Lone Star. And let's talk about Lone Star, okay? Uh I think last year. I think people may like have just buried Lone Star and be like, well, well Marvin Mims is gone. They're going to stink. Um, they played San Antonio Cornerstone, and San Antonio Cornerstone is a big-time private school team. Like, they are a preeminent private school team, mm-hmm. and boy, did they drop the hammer on them. They uh, did. Garrett Rangel goes <clears throat> 15 of 18 <laughs> for 304 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, and uh, and and also ran for 20 yards. They got 100 yards rushing from Ashton Jainty. Their defense uh, pretty much held them to seven points in, up until the final kind of minutes of the game, uh, in which they, uh, they you know they scored with you know nine minutes left to make it t- 59 to 14. Lone Star looked the part on Friday night. And if you forgot how good Garrett Rangel is, I mean he's now a three year starter, and they have weapons all over. Whether you're talking about Fogo Sequoia, which is their new number one wide receiver, they've got they had a number of guys get in on the action. I mean, they were spectacular in their debut. Alito, ho hum, another another Alito win. Um, they they took on Weatherford, who I mean, let's be frank, they they more or less like out overmatched uh, in, yeah. in 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 they, their they
1: overmatched the six A school, yes, which is you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, ho-ho. what Alito does. It's um, Alito being Alito. What
0: I found particularly impressive, and I think most noteworthy here, is that they I think their defense was really good. Um, I thought that they, you know, they were they were really really solid in this one, and the the defense looked very very good. Um, you know, B.J. Allen, uh, their defense looked very very you know looked solid. I think that this is a this is a team that you know again. Is going to be different. They're still figuring things out ex- as far as what they're going to what they're going to be. But but they were able to go out there and, and and more or less do whatever they wanted. Um, you know, uh, they got a, a touchdown run from Devon Keys, uh, Braden. Uh, you know, they they were able to to get the ball. Ryan Williams had a couple of touchdown runs. Um, they've got playmakers all over the field. And they're just going to be, I, I don't know that they're going to have that big explosive play this year that they had, mm-hmm. you know, in the past couple of years, but I think their defense is going to be very solid. And that's the real matchup I'm keeping an eye on here is Alito offense or the Alito uh, defense taking on what is looking like an extremely explosive Lone Star offense. Um, I think that's the matchup here. Um, look, man, I mean, kapir has got as a pick I like it as a pick I ended up taking Alito in this one, but I think this game is fun, fun, fun. And, you know, let's not forget, because uh, Alito beat Lone Star last, last year in a close one, right? Do I have that correct?
1: It was a close game in Alito last yeah. year, yes.
0: In, in Alito, Lone Star would like to return the favor, I would say. And so I would say that this is going to be a really fun matchup, Lone Star and Alito. And, you know, like I said, the computers I- guys are the number one game in the, in the state. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I will say that this is going to be a lot of fun on a Thursday night.
1: I believe it's locally televised in the Dallas yeah, area uh, as well. Yeah, so uh, our, our friends, friends CW33. Thir-
0: CW I believe that's correct. So uh, multi-screen yeah. with Texan Live and uh, CW33 if you're in the DFW Metroplex. So there you yep. go.
1: Uh, and now, Matthew, what's your fourth choice? I'm going to go down to South Texas and the Polish Bowl oh. as the Fall City Beavers head Just a few miles north, I believe it's 7.8 miles north to Poth to take on the Poth Pirates in the annual Polish Bowl, which is big doings down in that part of the state. And the last couple of years, though, hadn't been much fun for Fall City as Poth has taken it to Fall City the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what happened last week, um, you might think it's going to happen again because Fall City didn't exactly dominate, didn't look dominant in their 27 to 12 win over Three Rivers. They they had the game firmly in control pretty much going the whole way, but they just didn't really pull away. Um, Grant Gendrush had three touchdown runs for Falls City to kind of lead the offense, but this wasn't just a uh, vintage clicking on all cylinders performance from uh, Falls City in this one. Uh, Pope, on the other hand, looked in midseason form as they demolished Lytle 52 to nothing last week. Uh,
0: new um, new to the rankings by the way.
1: Yeah, and Jude George 145 yards passing, two touchdowns, 58 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Zane Robbie had a couple touchdown runs as well. Um I you know, both dominated. Now he, the, the interesting thing is that the, the the Luna house is a house divided in Poth because head coach Jeff Luna at Poth his letter better half, his lovely wife is the principal at Falls City. So you know how that goes, Tepper. Mm-hmm. Um, that that will be. I don't know how much they'll be talking this week, as uh, you know. I'm sure she'll be uh, talking a little trash and letting them know that her her, her squad is going to take down uh, her husband's squad. So uh, it'll be. It's an interesting week. There's a lot of family ties here. A lot of cousins. A lot of a lot of relatives on the, on the two teams know each other. It's a it's a big deal. It's a community event down there and a fun game uh, to to be a part of. I can't imagine three years in a row Poth just blowing Falls City's doors off. I think this year Falls City is going to have the formula to keep it close. Mm -hmm. I think Poth wins. I think Poth's the better team. They're the bigger school, um, and they have a little more depth and a little more size, but I think Falls City is going to find a way to keep this one competitive um, and make it for a fun night.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right. Uh, I think that I think Fall City's got a little bit more stomach for the fight this year, and um, and I think that you know as good as Poth looked, I, I also think that they were quite frankly just a lot better than Lytle, all due respect to our Pirate friends. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a walkover, and so I think this game's going to be closer than than maybe their their season one or and, and certainly the past couple or their their season their week one game uh, for Poth that is. Uh, I also think that it's going to be uh, closer than it has been the ca- past couple of years. So I think that's that's a good pick there. Um, all right, now I can take mine because I knew you weren't going to take it. My fifth pick, Matthew, <laughs> let's go to another Eagle Stadium. This one in Sterling City. Oh, you're going six-man on me. 7.30 p.m. Friday night. Matthew, it's a state championship rematch as the Sterling City Eagles take on uh, May, the May Tigers and uh, if you remember, well, last year uh, Sterling City beat May for their first ever state championship. Uh, it, mm-hmm. was, uh, it was it uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, they ended up winning 68 to 22. Uh, the game ended in the third quarter. It was a romp for Sterling City, and they were feeling it. They were, you know, it's all sunshine and daffodils. And you know, this past week they they, they started their season. Sterling City started their title defense with a nice win over Garden City. Uh, Garden City, you know, is is not the the Garden City that they maybe have been uh, in the past. They're still very still strong, but they are, you know, they're they they're they're not necessarily that that contender, uh, statewide contender, year in and year out. But a good win. They've got their 56-44, I want to say, something like that. Um, ended up winning, you know, in, in a game that, that a little bit nip and tuck, but ended up coming up with a win. May might have been the most impressive team in the state last week at any level. I mean what I'm saying when I say that, because mm. they went and they played Borden County, the number two team in the state, and they beat the brakes off of them. I mean, Absolutely beat the brakes off of them uh, in, in you know, 45 them Spectacular. Caden Hawk, our th- 1A cover boy, uh, was very good. May looked the part in their big win last year. And now remember that they're, this is the third time in a year that they are going to have played one another. They won in the regular season last year, uh, maybe. Or Sterling City beat May forty-four to forty in a, a fantastic game, and then Sterling City took it to them in the state championship game. Um, May hadn't forgotten that, and I think May is on a bit of a mission. I think this game is going to be a lot closer to that 44 to 40 game. I'm taking Sterling City because they're at home, but this is also one of those things that I could absolutely see May finally getting over the hump and getting them. Um it, because, you know, I think that it's hard to beat a team twice. It's certainly hard to beat a team three times, and especially a team that's as focused as this May team is right now. I believe right now, let me make sure I got this. Yeah, this is number one versus number two in our uh 1A division one rankings. Uh, It doesn't get any better than this. I think this game could be another preview of a state championship game since they're on opposite ends of the bracket. Uh, But uh, May in Sterling City is uh, a massive, massive game out there in Sterling City. So if you're in the area, make sure you go out there and watch some quality six-man football. That is my fifth and final pick. Matthew, what is your fifth and final pick?
1: Going to go down to Corpus Christi for another Uh, Thursday night game. Top 10 matchup as 4A Division I, top 10 ranked Corpus Christi Miller, takes on 5A Division I top 10 team, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, and uh, a bragging rights game for Corpus Christi ISD. is These two have uh, they've tangled a few times the past couple of years. They played twice in uh, 2019 with Miller winning the regular season game, veterans uh, up, uh, knocking off Miller in the third round of the playoffs. And then in 2020, they played in non-district, um, and veterans won that one as well. So Miller uh, lost two in a row to vets in I think coming in, especially after Vets have, had so much of a tough time with Alice, I think Miller's coming into this game flying high with a ton of confidence because, you know, they they granted Corpus Christi Ray is struggling right now, but Miller dominated Ray and not only dominated him with their offense because we know Miller's going to have Justin Evans' squad's going to put up points. They're, they pitched a shutout. And for Miller's defense to pitch a shutout, I think, says a lot about where they are because we thought their defense would be really improved this year. Mm-hmm. And through one week, they did it. They they still had 600 yards of offense, and their young quarterback, Jaden Brown, um, re, you know, huge shoes to fill with Andrew Body graduating. Uh, Jaden Brown, in his first varsity start, throws for 331 yards and four touchdowns. Pretty impressive stuff from him. Um, their star wide receiver, Lonnie Adkism, who I think is going to be a Division One recruit, uh, seven passes for 158 yards and three touchdowns receiving, um, huge game from Miller. Veterans Memorial, on the other hand, needed they needed some late heroics to to pull pull that one out of the fire on the road against Alice. And uh, I thought their quarterback Elijah Durrett, in his first in his first varsity start had a solid game, but you know mistakes really kept Alice in this ball game. I think Vets is going to need to play a clean game. Uh, to win this one, and even if they do play a clean game, I don't know if they can win it. I think this is Miller's time right now, and I think Miller. You know, we we thought we wondered how good they would be losing Andrew Body, but they brought so much back at the other positions. This may be one of those cases where they're better at every other position, and the loss of a star quarterback doesn't hurt them as much. I like Miller in this one. I think Miller's going to make the statement and, and pull the upset here and knock off the state-ranked 5A Division One program at Veterans Memorial.
0: So let's let's peel back the curtain a little bit about our rankings because we um, I do five a three a one a in private schools. You do six a four a two a, and we compare notes mm-hmm. and stuff. And we you know go back and forth. And I say, what do you think of this and that and stuff? That, you know, it's a co- collaborative effort. But we are the that's who is the head of those those particular things. So I had the five a rankings and Corpus Christi Vets. Uh, like I like they won the game, so I wasn't going to drop them out of the rankings, but. They, that, that's, that's concerning what they did last week, uh, mm-hmm. against Alice, uh, that the offense just not really having that juice and it could be a weak one. And again, I don't want to overreact to one week, but I think that you're right. I think Miller could absolutely take down vets. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those games that, especially if Miller jumps out early. And gets vets thinking, oh man, like what's going on? I think I think this is a game that's one of those that's maybe like could be decided in the first quarter. Uh, I think for for vets, they got to keep it close early, stay in it, and make sure that you're you're settling in and give your time, give your kids time to to to, to move forward. I think this game's fascinating. I think this is the best game in Corpus Christi for sure, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun there. So, there's your week two draft. I took Austin Westlake, uh, U.S. Trinity, New Deal, Wellington, Allen, Atasca, Frisco, Lontar Alito, and Sterling City, May, step to Quero, Wimberley, Midland Legacy, Amarillo, Tascosa, Denton, Guyer, Denton, Ryan, Fall City, and Poth, and Corpus Christi Memorial versus Corpus Christi Miller. Notable games that did not get taken, if you'll, if you'll indulge me, Argyle and Pleasant Grove, <laughs> uh, Rockwell, Heath, Rockwell, Heath, South Lake, Carroll Lake, Travis Converse, Judson. Uh, Salina and Paris, dude, I am very intrigued by that. Mm -hmm. Because Salina looked great against Melissa. And
1: Paris looked great. I mean, it's that's... Mm -hmm.
0: Those are two teams flying high. Tatum-Dangerfield, which is a lot of fun. Uh, A lot of good games there. It's a huge, huge week of Texas high school football. But we've only got time for one more game, and that is our hipster game of the week. Matt Stepp, what is your hipster game of the
1: week? I'm gonna go up to the Texas Panhandle hmm. as the Clarendon Broncos a team that I think is one to watch in 2a division II, uh, take on the Rawls Jackrabbits and I think this is two really good teams Rawls is in region two they're in district five uh, Clarendon is in district four uh, so this is a, a nice little measuring stick out there between two teams in region two region two and region one who we think are really good outstanding ball clubs. I mean, I I think Uh Rawls has a chance to take down Hamlin this year. Now Rawls in their, in their opener did not fare too well. They lost a a really good Farwell squad, 42 to 21. Uh, But I don't, I don't think it's a reflection of Rawls. I think it just tells you how good Farwell is. Um, It's a really good measure. I I think Clarendon, uh, they're not getting talked about very much because Wellington kind of steals a lot of the oxygen in that room. Uh Clarendon is a team to watch and they got a ton of speed and playmakers at the skill spots, going to present a real problem for Rawls, and I think Clarendon's going to get a win. But this is a really good matchup because I think Rawls keeps it close, but I think Clarendon's going to kind of flex their muscle in on this one and show and, and start to make a push into the top ten rankings in 282.
0: Uh,
1: I think that's an excellent excellent pick
0: uh, for for a hipster game, especially, you know, if you're if you're in that area, go and you don't have a get you don't have a game. Uh, make sure you check that out. All right, I'm going to go out east to a really interesting Region 3 game in 3A Division 2 as Gilmer Harmony takes on and welcomes in Hughes Springs. Uh, Hughes Springs playing their opener. Um, This is a Hughes Springs team that we think has a chance to maybe be a sleeper in that District 11. Um, They are their... we have got a, a couple of big-time playmakers coming back. They've got 18 starters back from last year's team. Uh, Patrick Boyd. They may move to quarterback. He's the name to know there. And you know, look, they are take, They're in that district with Wascom and Lesion Fields. We have them slotted third in that district. Well, here's a good measuring stick because Harmony just got done beating Elysian Fields. Uh, last week, uh, they scored 19 unanswered in the fourth quarter to win 25-14. They got a big game from Evan Weber, their, their running back, who ended up running for four, for four touchdowns in the game. But they started off slow. And so, look, I think we'll take a look at Region 3 of 3 Division 2, and we still think like, all right, Wascom, Newton, Dangerfield, in some sort of order. Maybe West Rusk looked good in their opener too. So uh, maybe add in a team like West Rusk. But here are a couple of like party crashers that are going to get an early measuring stick against one another, Harmony and Hugh Springs. I think we'll kind of learn a little bit more uh, about that uh and so i'm so i'm just i'm I'm very interested to see what hugh springs looks like because they are like from a from an experience perspective very few teams have as much experience as they do can they back the house exactly can they turn that into wins early that's a big question so uh harmony and elite or rather and uh hugh springs is my hipster game of the week matthew where are you heading this week
1: all right, well, uh, Thursday night, I'm calling an audible. I was originally scheduled to go watch uh, Newman-Smith and Carrollton Creekview at Standard Stadium Thursday night, but uh, because the ref shortage actually worked out in my favor this week because I get to go to a new stadium and see a new team. As I'm headed to Cayuga, Texas, Tepper.
0: My Anderson God.
1: County stand-up as I will be watching the Mildred Eagles, uh, a, a home of Nick Schemenick, uh, former Texas Tech quarterback, who took them to a state title game not that long ago. Yep. Taking on the Cayuga Wildcats in Cayuga Thursday night, I will cross off a new stadium off my list and go to a game that you are shaking your head at.
0: I well, yeah, I am. Um, this is a
1: Okay, let me just let me it's tell rare you a chance for me to get to a two A game.
0: Um, so let me just tell you that there are six hundred and ninety seven Texas high school football games this weekend um and the one and so i have this formula that i put together and it's, it's very unscientific to be clear but i have this formula that kind of rates the games and let me just tell you uh that the cayuga and course of mildred uh ranks uh 625th nice. out of uh, 697 so uh you're a psychopath <laughs> but go on
1: yes uh friday i will be at globe light uh choctaw stadium now is that what it's called the Choctaw uh, yeah. Field or Choctaw Stadium? Choctaw Stadium, Stadium uh, my man. Yes. Yeah, uh, as the uh, Hebron Hawks take on the Martin Warriors in a battle of teams that are 0-1. Uh, but still, I think, we think two really good teams. So um going to check that one out Friday night at Globe Life or Choctaw Stadium. Choctaw Stadium. How they you used to saying that. And yep. Saturday, um, I am going to be on the call on Texan Live Whoa! Saturday night. What? Yes, me and uh, – a professional broadcaster, Gavin Moritz, will, will deal with me as we will be on the call for Cy Fair versus Cy Park Saturday night at Ken Pridgen Stadium.
0: A game right. I, I genuinely thought for a moment about giving my hipster game of the week to, but it's too big. It's too good yeah. of a game,
1: you know? So, that that, that will be my Saturday, really 6 o'clock kickoff Saturday evening, so... Really looking forward to it. I uh, hope I don't butcher the broadcast too much. Gavin will carry me for sure. But it's this is a chance. For, I, I, I've been touting Cy Park. Tepper, you know this. I've been I've been on the Cy Park bandwagon uh, all offseason. And this is a chance, I think, for Cy Park to really mm-hmm. show where they stand. Because Cy Fair, they struggled a little bit against Cy Ranch last week. The game got canceled in the second quarter. But it, they were down 21-7 when the game got got called in the second quarter. So, uh, this is you know, Cy Park and Cy Ranch are – contenders in that district along with Bridgeland in district Sixteen Six A. So this is kind of a good chance for me to see if Cy park really can measure up in this ball game.
0: So I want to know for the, for the viewers at home, um, who would you say your color commentary style is like, are you a Troy Aikman? Are you a, uh, a Bill Walton? Are you a, uh, like who, 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 who are you like? Tune in Saturday night and find out.
1: Now I really is a tease. I really don't know. I, I, I'm definitely going to let the game come to me. I'm not going to be an overtalker. Gavin is the professional, and he, you know, I'm not going to talk over his call, his call. I'm, I'm going to tra- hopefully find my rhythm and be able to interject, you know, between plays and things like that. But uh, my goal is to not get in Gavin's way very much and just offer offer some thoughts and you know just just kind of I'm going to lay low probably the first game. Now I'm, I'm, there might be another game, and maybe I, I'll kind of get some confidence, and maybe later on in the year. Uh, do do better, but but first game I'm gonna lay low. So okay, uh, we'll see how so I do. But I'm, I'm looking forward in, to the ball game.
0: Tune in Texan live Saturday night. Matt step on the call with Gavin Moritz for Sci Park and Sci Fair. I might try to get to a game to be the color guy one of these days too. Even you know you'll you'll have to feel it out for me. See if it's if it's a miserable experience and I won't. But I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure Gavin is a, a joy to work with. I guess we'll find out, won't we?
1: Yeah, we will. Well, I, I, I think Gav, Gav, Gavin is uh, in, Gavin's a good guy to work with, but we, we worked with those guys at 7-on-7. Seven seven, mm-hmm. I think I think he will do a great job. I, I think you should get down to Houston for a Thursday game and yeah. get down there and do a game. Probably
0: should. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Thanks for making Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Please tell your friends about this podcast. And, Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week on Tep and Step.